Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples and Marvel. Marvel sucks. <laughs> I'm Cade Weiberg and no it doesn't. Not even your grinchy post-Thanksgiving attitude can keep me off this high horse because we are here to talk about one of the greatest things. Yet another great Disney Plus is really killing it. Like this mm. whole streak. Uh, can't be stopped. They raised the prices for me uh, $10 extra a year, and I was like, that's a mere pittance compared to how many times I'm going to be watching Loki and uh, Shang-Chi IMAX version and all these other great features that their website and service have to offer. But we're here to talk about one of the greats today, the one and only Peter Jackson's Get Back the Beatles Experience. If only we were here to talk about that. (laughs) But unfortunately, only 50% of the podcast has seen 100% of the episodes. (laughs) Oh, man. So I got to... Okay, so let's... It's the Monday after Thanksgiving, just for perspective. Uh, And Disney Plus dropped Hawkeye, two episodes on Wednesday, and then dropped an episode a day of each... Or three parts of the Beatles thing on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So about three hours of content per day for the Beatles, plus the two hours of Hawkeye. And amongst that, we're traveling. We have to interact with family and Mm -hmm. still somehow fit in all this TV. Uh, And for those listeners at home who were expecting a Hawkeye episode last Wednesday, uh, we unfortunately could not make that happen because of our hectic schedules. But we're here now providing you with the content. Uh, How was your Thanksgiving, Jordan? It was was good. I had a lot of really good food. I had... I did Thanksgiving at my girlfriend's house, and her mom is a fantastic cook. Oh, did you know that going in? Yes. Okay, yeah, no, so she's, that's exciting. She's cooked a lot of good meals, and I knew this was going to be one. But, like, every side, like, it was just like, you know, it's like, oh, let's try these mashed potatoes. It's like, oh, those are fantastic. And I'm like, I'm not normally a sweet potato guy, but I felt rude not getting everything. So I was like, I'll get a little sweet potato. So like, this is I fantastic. I love this. Everything. Oh, man, that sounds delightful. So was it just you... Uh, Ellie and her parents, or were there other members at this table? Yeah, it was just us and her parents, and then later for dinner and leftovers, uh, some additional of her uh, family came over. I see. So is this, uh, uh, did you, and you didn't at any point, you weren't like, hey, let's turn on this Beatles thing I hear so much about. Have you guys heard of the Fab Four? Yeah. No, what I did is I said, hey, let's turn on the Mississippi-Mississippi State game. Is that on Thursday? Yeah, yeah. It's like the only good college football game, but it's always on on Thanksgiving. And occasionally it's really great. Like in 2019, Uh uh, there was a a game-winning drive by Ole Miss. Uh, They scored like to tie the game up. Well, not to tie the game up, to be one point, you know, less than tie the game up. All they have to do is uh, kick the point after. But while the guy yes. is celebrating the touchdown, he lifts up his leg in the end zone to pee like a dog, <laughs> like to pantomime it. And he gets yeah. he gets flagged for that because that's unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, you can't pee sure. in the end zone. And that, and that caused them to move the point after 15 yards back. And then the guy missed it. So they lost the game just because the guy pretended to pee in the end zone. So that was the quality <laughs> football I was looking to like enjoy. But instead, okay. it, was, it was much worse than that. It was just like a decent game. So, and this was on in the background. Were you adamantly watching it? What was... We were watching it pretty close because we didn't have anything okay. to do after See, that. All right. So this is where I really got to... I got to call a timeout. I got to really just get into your head once again as I've tried... Yes 
95 times before now on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, episode 96, Hawkeye. Um, so you would rather watch a football game of a team you're not really passionate about. Like, where does Mississippi State stack up in your overall ranking of college sports teams? Uh, pretty low. Okay, so great. And where does the Beatles stack up on your list of favorite bands? Number one, in fact. <laughs> okay, so you can understand. And then also, uh, where does Hawkeye stack up against the other Avengers in OG Avengers 1 2012? Number six. <laughs> God, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I really thought, like, I don't know, Black Widow or Hulk would be lower. You don't talk about them that much. No, but surely Hawkeye's the worst. Uh, I mean, that's even the premise of this show in the musical. It's like, yeah, we got all the cool ones and Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> Before we, I'm, I mean, we're going to obviously dive very deep into Hawkeye, but I still want to uh, pick your brain about why you didn't watch the best Beatles content to come out in years. Well, the main uh, reason was because they don't have Disney Plus, and the only okay. way I have Disney Plus is through you, and that's attached to my television, <laughs> and I did not have my television with me. <laughs> you did not bring your television to Thanksgiving. No, I did not. <laughs> that seems a little rude on your part. Yeah, I mean, they probably would have really enjoyed this Beatles content. Are, are they Beatles fans? Uh, no. <laughs> so okay. they probably would not have. Are, well, I mean, this is the most Beatles content that can exist i would say their their musical uh leanings are her mom just listens to pop country okay so not the best but maybe show that bo burnham sketch or uh, yeah. song <laughs> and then her dad is like a kiss fan oh like hey, we know rock. a little something about that yeah no they they went to that same tour oh but not the same show not we the at. same show but the same that would have been cool wouldn't it have been? That would have been a fun fact. Did you talk about how much money it costs to cart around the equipment every night as you kept bringing up the night that we saw the show? <laughs> I mean, it must have been several trucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A fleet. Uh, so what's his favorite? Do you bond over your favorite Kiss songs? Is he a Beth fanatic? Does he like Strutter? Uh, we, you know, we haven't gotten that granular with which Kiss songs. You just like kiss and you're both like kiss is good yeah Fuck <laughs> pretty yeah, much yeah that's what it is <laughs> incredible hulk's good right jordan yeah eh, yeah <laughs> uh interesting so yeah i mean i really 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 want you to watch this beatles show and i would love to discuss it with you in full detail because there's so much great stuff. And you have watched none of it, right? Not a single second. Okay, I, I see, even saw a clip posted to Reddit this morning. And I, yeah. I haven't watched it. It was, <laughs> it was two minutes where Paul just like sits and writes uh, Get Back. Yeah. It's really incredible. Just because you know everything that's to come. But I mean, like three hours of this nine hour thing is just them jamming. And... If you aren't not, if you aren't a Beatles fan, you're gonna lose your mind. Like it yeah. is so in the weeds, but like it feels genuinely like you're hanging out with the Beatles the whole time. And day one, so I watched Hawkeye. Then I went to my family's cabin for Thanksgiving, which doesn't have internet. Yeah, uh, I downloaded episode one onto my phone, but I really wanted to watch it on a TV because also it's just something I wanted to share with everyone. Right. Uh, and my family is pretty much all Beatles fans, except for my younger cousins who don't understand music yet. Like, mm -hmm. 
they like whatever my my eighth grade cousin uh is like so i have uh quite a few cousins i have like 12 but two of them are brothers and one is at jmu now and he is like finally starting to understand like good music and buying all the classic records and everything uh, and then his little brother, who's in eighth grade, is just kind of imitating him. He's like, Def Leppard is the best band of all time. But well, he's just like imitating like, you know, like very small sections of what his older brother is doing. Def Leppard, uh, I can see the appeal. Like they're, yeah. they're, uh, they did pour some sugar on me, right? They did. And that much like sugar, it's like. <laughs> A great first impression, but it's not very sustaining. <laughs> uh, that's a completely fair assessment. I the do best love part Def about Leopard. them is they have a one-handed drummer. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty fascinating. Cool. Yeah, not a lot of people can make that work. Hmm. Um, so I put this on for them, and my cousin had a hotspot on her phone. So I and my cousin, other cousin, brought his Xbox. So I just rigged together this internet experience and the hotspot was not great quality like in the middle of nowhere yeah i can't so imagine that it, was. it would cut out like every 10 minutes or so and have to buffer but, but then, then i just would get a chance to discuss yeah exactly and i'm telling them what good music is and the first like 10 minutes of this thing is like the beatles history leading up to let it be in abbey road like those sessions mm. and then they were kind of into that just because it's so much content and like John goes on TV and says he's bigger than Jesus. And then you get like the KKK or like, we don't like the Beatles. And then, you know, <laughs> and that's the Beatles just, are like, that's... oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we lost. Oh, no, we lost the KKK, our biggest fan. Shoot. <laughs> um, but it's also just interesting to see if if you're watching that and I uh, I uh, die, I'm getting a book published, as I mentioned, and mm -hmm. I dive into, like, my first reaction of watching the Beatles, uh, like, anthology series, the documentary series, and their records being burned in the streets and all these people being, like, religion is more important and all that stuff. And that's just kind of the first, like, really? They don't like the Beatles and they're burning all their records? And also, the KKK is also, like, burning their records. So where, where, where do you stand? Like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was my first, like, oh man, maybe, maybe John was right. Maybe they're bigger than Jesus. <laughs> um, but like, that's, that's all like interesting history and even to like eighth graders and high schoolers, like that's just kind of, uh, you know, cool to see the history behind it. And then, uh, after that, like, it's just the Beatles jamming for like 45 minutes and they really lost attention quick. Like they were all on their phones, just on Facebook and stuff. Well, cause I'm and, sure when you're watching it, you're hearing little snippets of like, Oh, this is going to be that I can exactly. tell already. And that's amazing. hundred yeah. percent. And it was great. Like when he does, when he like noodles around and comes up with get back, you can figure it out. And it's crazy. Just like George and Ringo are just hanging out talking. Yeah. Like, and Paul is writing their next biggest single. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so fascinating. But I guess you just have to be a fanatic. Uh, and, yeah, the rooftop concert at the end, oh, man, it's, it's, it's gold. I, I would listen to an argument, even though I wanted it to be longer than nine hours, I would hear the argument like Peter Jackson made it too long and he got a little masturbatory with but that's the Peter Jackson. He is he so bad at cutting. He is yes. great at making bad at cutting. <laughs> he really is. He just comes up with so much content and he can't say goodbye to any of it. Yeah.
I'm kind of impressed that he was able to whittle down 60 hours of footage into nine. Yeah. But I do wonder, like, how much of that do you think was completely unusable or, like, just not worth showing anyone? Like, 10 hours? I mean, if it's 60 hours of total footage, I mean, some of that is just like I set the camera down, but I forgot to stop recording for a second. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, garbage. Yeah. But at the same time, it's film. So people, you know, are more cautious with like a oh, film yeah. camera than they would have been, with, you know, digital. Where and they, you can just they shoot kept making up. They made a point about that, too. Like, it's two pounds per foot of film or whatever. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, but it's also the Beatles. So they have infinite money. Yeah. Uh, but that tax man is taking it most of it from them. Um, this was great, though. It's it's you got to watch it. I really thought because we were supposed to record at like nine thirty or ten originally is what we agreed on, and yeah. then uh, uh, you texted me, "Let's make it eleven thirty. And I assumed you were just you had to watch the first episode, like you were just aching. I would love to... for that to have been it. <laughs> 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 but it it was not unfortunately so i i was expecting uh to, for you to prioritize beatles above marvel uh which i do think that would be your ranking overall if you had to choose if, if you didn't if i didn't have, have to watch two episodes of hawkeye i would have <laughs> probably done like a i would have started the beatles just so i could have talked about it a little bit but sure well i mean that's i did a, listen I are... to the white album while driving yesterday on the second leg oh. of my drive i listened to the white album how great it's how so good. great is that album it's, it's so good like it's there's so many interesting i don't know like textures in it like uh just like the the way they're moving from style to style like they'll just throw in like i don't know it's just like interesting sounds like like it's, in the, the back of the ussr like you have the plane sounds going on in the background yep, it's just like yep. stuff like that they, um, and no two songs sound the same. Like every other album has at least a couple songs that are like, oh, those both belong on Rubber Soul. I do think, though, the White Album, while having uh, a ton of their greatest songs, also has a lot of their weaker material. Uh, yeah, I mean, it can't all be. Uh, but I, I think the fact that they committed to the concept of the White Album overall, yeah. uh, it's my favorite album. And I believe this has been the case since we met. And yours has been... Is yours still Abbey Road? Who who can say right now? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 mean, don't, I don't know. Like I I also really like Rubber Soul. But yeah, like I feel like don't. I just do this with all like my whenever I'm trying to decide my favorite Beatles record, it's just me like li- going through the list in my head and basically just listing them off as they occur to me. It's like, oh rubber soul's really good. But at the same yeah. time, I love Revolver. Wow, yeah. and now I'm thinking about Sergeant Pepper, and I gotta say that's a really strong candidate. Maybe that <laughs> one's up there. Like, I, there's no decision I making happening. That. I'm just, uh, yeah, they're all so good. It's it's really hard, but I think White Album is also it's 30 songs, so at the very least, like I get the most content. Yeah, maybe Abbey Road is almost as long because a couple of the White Album songs are like 50 seconds, and most Abbey Road songs are like five minutes. Mm. Well, except the medley, which is just well, one but you can really you could fit song. Abbey Road onto a disc, and like the White Album is always two discs. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. I, I don't guess know. I would I would love to see like like you know how like a uh, like a vinyl record holds like forty six minutes. Yeah. If you were to try to cut the White Album down to a single record, mm-hmm. which songs would you include? Like you'd have Revolution to, Nine, definitely gets cut like no question <laughs> uh, absolute yeah yes 
100 uh, percent. I cut. do like revolution number nine i did not listen to it last night because <laughs> ellie was asleep and then she woke up and i wasn't gonna make her sit through all of revolution number nine <laughs> but if she was still asleep i would have listened to the whole thing yeah that's a lot of it's i mean it's cool to listen to once but it's it's always a skip. Like, is anyone... Do, no, no, do I want to like listen sh- to it. I, I like it. I like imagining, like, it as a play. It is, like, a very weird play. Yeah, and I just, like, I don't know. I just sit there and kind of let it wash I over I mean, musically, me. it's not really a song. It's just kind of, like, this super long interlude that doesn't end. Yeah. And I don't know, I, though. I'd kind of... I'd be interested in hearing other bands try to do the same thing. Well, Just did you to watch see, that? like, what does it sound like if, you know, Oasis or something tried to do a revolution number nine? I feel like it would just be one of their, like, instrumental yeah. tracks that they kind of... I mean, it would probably uh, be bad. I just think each <laughs> each band could have an interesting take on just, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a shame that the Beatles did it and everyone's like, yeah, okay. Well, when no one else needs to do that ever. Just yeah. make a sound collage. <laughs> um... So the ones that I'm definitely keeping, and I guess, I guess like 15 songs sounds about right. Like to put on one yeah. one record. Okay. So back in the USSR, Dear yeah. Prudence, Obladi Oblada, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Happiness Is a Warm Gun, Martha My Dear, I'm So Tired, uh, Rocky Raccoon, Don't Pass Me By, I Will. Wait, did you say Blackbird? I didn't, but. That I I I like it, but I don't love it. Really, and a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people like that's their favorite Beatles song, and I don't know. Maybe that kind of turns me off to it. Yeah, it's obviously not my if, favorite, but I could not cut it. I I mean, I was gonna go back, but I still have five left, and I just got to disc two. Yeah. So but this two is definitely the weaker stuff. I mean, sexy Sadie. No, that is one yeah, of that's my for sure on. Top, but like Helter Skelter, I was listening to that last night, and I was like. As cool as oh, the song is for so as, good. like being as heavy as it is early, like when I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. That line sucks. But it's not a. It's just about. It's a metal jam. I know, but that line, like, <laughs> like oh, this cool heavy lyric about being on the slide. <laughs> That's a pretty heavy metal. Yeah. There's also. Uh, I bought like the 50th anniversary of the White Album a few years ago, and oh, there's yeah. four discs of demos. Yeah, and Helter Skelter has the ridiculous 22. Yeah, the 18 minute, minute oh, yeah, Helter 18 Skelter, minute. and I love it. It's great. Uh, all right, so Sexy Sadie is number 11. Your Blues. I would keep your Hel- Blues. Helter Skelter. Uh, and then, God, I guess. I. I if I don't keep Revolution 1, I guess the single still comes out and it's fine. So I get that song. And the single's better. The single is better. True. Um, I really like Honey Pie, so that's 14. And then I like... I've got, I'm I'm cutting a lot that I really like is the problem with this. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely keeping Cry Baby Cry and cutting Goodnight. Yes. That can get out of there. I don't like Goodnight yeah. at all. <laughs> at all no i think it's a bad song like i don't I, oh i i don't think it's a bad song but it's i mean it's not the stronger one on disc two it's definitely bottom half but i mean about you'd rather listen to revolution nine than good night yes i mean i'm cutting <laughs> both of them for a single if i'm doing a single disc thing but there is also on the uh 
the 50th anniversary, there's a acoustic version of Goodnight with all four of them singing, and it's wonderful. Yeah, that sounds much better. Yeah. Because that's part I mean, of the problem with Goodnight, as it appears on the record, is it's it's overdone. High production value. Yeah, and in a way that only serves to kind of drown it. I So, so what is your favorite song on the White Album, then? Uh, happiness mine, is a warm gun. I know. God, that song's so good. Yeah. I also I really just, like, I really I like through composed music. Yeah. Where it just God. is one thing, the next thing, the next thing, and then it's over and you're just like, huh? Yeah. It's man. I will has been like my longtime favorite, mm-hmm. but I, obla di obla da. I just like more and more every year of my life. Like as I get older and to like, I'd listened to it for like 10 years and then just not too long ago, like only a couple of years ago, I realized like the horns come in on verse three and I'm like, that is such a pleasant melody that those horns create mm. that are, isn't even in the part, most of the song. Uh, yeah. God, the Beatles are really great. You should watch that documentary. Oh, I will. Now I'm right now I'm looking at the songs that I think are the weaker ones. Mm-hmm. Just cause I listened to this last night. And I don't like <laughs> Glass Onion very much. I like Glass Onion. I like but I, don't I like love. the melody. I don't like like the self-referential stuff. I just didn't think I don't know. I, I mean, know. that's I think part it's of kind the point, of like a, but yeah, it's like a self-aware Beatles lore kind of deal. Yeah, I think that's the only. I think that's the weakest one. That's kind on of side like one, to, except for Wild Honey Pie, which doesn't. I feel like doesn't really count. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Glass Onion. I would say is kind of like the Avengers Endgame time heist of the Beatles' career. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> Which yeah. I think is a pretty cool way to sell it. Uh, Julia also, is also a really beautiful song that yes. I did not appreciate when I was younger. I love Julia. I don't. Li- I didn't like "Don't Pass Me By" this time. Normally, I'm in for the Ringo song, but oh, I love "Don't Pass Me By." Both Ringo songs on the White Album. I'm like, no, no thanks. <laughs> What is your favorite Ringo song, Octopus's Garden? Uh, yeah. It's It's got to be. I mean, it, <laughs> I, it, I'd love to love it to be. I'd love it to be, yeah. Under Another song I hate on this album is Birthday. Oh, I, I love what how? I think it's just irritating. You hate it? Yeah, no, I don't like it. Insane. Oh my god, what's your favorite birthday song? Uh, the classic. Oh, boo. <laughs> Beatles did it way better I than mean, that. I mean, birthday's just like, garbage. I don't know. It, it, I, I don't know. I just found it kind of obnoxious listening to it last night. Oh, it's so good. And just like the the haunting, like, birthday, like, and the, the cha-cha-cha chants. Like, oh, man, this it's such a fun song. Yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing now that where I cut off listening last night was after Helter Skelter. So I really didn't listen to any of side four. Yeah. I mean, I love Revolution 1, Honey Pie, and Savoy Truffle, and Cry Baby Cry is pretty good. I I do think for 30 songs, this is a pretty evenly spaced album. Like, at no point does it really blow its load. Yeah. Uh, There's still something pretty much toward the very end, except the last 15 minutes is Revolution 9 and Good Night, which is definitely... Kind of weak. I think the strongest two sides are one and two, but I'd have yeah. trouble choosing between those because I really love "I'm So Tired," "Martha My Dear," and "Julia." Yeah, 
but the side one is really a lot of heavy hitters. Yeah. What? How it, do you feel about Bungalow Bill? I like it. See, I I, I, I love Bungalow Bill, which I feel like is uh, a weird one. Yeah, it's a weird one to love, especially since you hate Birthday. Yes, no, I'd much rather slips into Bungalow Bill than Birthday. I think they're about even for me. I think they are both equally good songs in my head. Hmm. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we should just at some point have maybe when uh, you watch the Peter Jackson thing <laughs> and we, we end up just continuing to talk about the album that is not mentioned at all in that documentary. <laughs> uh, we should like rank every song on the White Album. I think that would be fun. Uh, yeah, no, because it's more interesting to do that for that than any of the other ones, I think. Yeah, though, definitely. Though maybe uh, Magical Mystery Tour, because that's kind of a hodgepodge. Oh, I do love Magical Mystery Tour. That was my favorite for a while. I feel like that is the, if you're getting into the Beatles, that's a very easy album for it to be your favorite. Cause there's it's kind of unfair, though, because the American version, the first half is Magical Mystery Tour, and the second half is greatest hits from singles around that time. I know, and they're so good. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I it mean, is unfair, though, yeah. Uh, if you're comparing it to other Beatles records, like that one is kind of... Like, Magical Mystery Tour is almost an EP with singles attached to it. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm an American, and I grew up with the American version. Exactly. So that's what we're getting. That's what the album is, baby. No, I mean, um, it's a guy... Uh, I don't know, like, four of my favorite Beatles singles on it. Yeah. I do wish... The documentary showed a little more footage of, I mean, obviously they didn't have cameras and they weren't planning a documentary and recording all those albums. Um, but like these, I would be so intrigued to just watch the four of them in India doing their, their own thing. Hmm. Cause it's kind of, they're just all solo writing songs. Like up till this point, it's Lennon McCartney and then Harrison like are doing the songwriting, which is just it's fascinating that they kind of went on their own and like john lennon wrote dear prudence and then the band did like all the backup stuff i don't know this it's crazy that any band can go to india for a couple months and write this masterpiece this whole album is absolute slam dunk yeah you think when we're like in our mid-30s we should do a white album yeah let's, like let's we, we just like we we each write and we'll get nick involved Sure, um, and, he, and he'll he'll write he'll write the good night version. <laughs> yeah, he'll <laughs> he'll write good night and don't pass me by. <laughs> the 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 modern day equivalent of those. I, two. I think that uh, doesn't do Nick enough credit. I think he can do better than that. I think he can be George Harrison. He hasn't been on the podcast, so it's a bit odd that you're referencing this person who has has yet to you know talk about marvel lore yeah but in in terms of our marvel collaboration he's non-existent but on our musical collaboration he's omnipresent yes. <laughs> i that is true uh all right so let's pencil it in 2026 we're gonna get we still got to put out this marvel musical hawkeye beat us to it yeah. like we had that written ready to go and we just i know how the, how they get a hold it. of the tapes i it's so <laughs> frustrating the tapes in 2018 we were really we had our finger on the pulse and all of a sudden feige stole our idea i oh god i would watch an entire that entire musical they put put our our live action yeah 
No, it had oh, it had God. big uh, from chimpanzee A to chimpanzee feel to it. I know. I <laughs> loved it. God, I wish that was an entire musical. And just like I can do this all day is the main song. Of course it is. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I loved that. Kind of. Oh God. We we should. It's late now because they already did it, but we should really put out our Marvel musical that we recorded. And now, after watching this Beatles footage, like, one of your qualms with putting out our Marvel musical that we wrote in 2018 was it's just us talking about how to write songs for 45 minutes and then 10 minutes is actually playing the songs. That's all this Beatles documentary is. You barely even say, see them play the songs. And people love it, and I think... You know, we're not quite as good as the Beatles, but like obviously too there's hard really good us. content. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I I mean we're we're up there. <laughs> we're definitely better than the Rolling Stones, like no question. Yeah, but absolutely. I mean the Beatles is obviously a hard bar to cross. Yeah. All right, let's race. talk about Hawkeye, because we're talking I about do the musical. Really wanna... We're kinda easing in. Oh god, I really wanna uh, well, so what's uh, your review? Because uh, that's how we start this. I, that is how we start. Have you watched any new films recently? Other than, uh, I guess it hasn't been. Oh, what's, I watched what's your? Dune. What's, I watched Dune, but I didn't watch it. In oh, theaters. let's talk about Dune, baby. You told me you're like you gotta see this in a theater. You and gotta I said, see it on the big no. screen. <laughs> I saw it at <laughs> home. You watched it on. T- oh my god! And that was the only was way your... I could fit it in. I'm in a very busy uh, time. <laughs> I was shocked at our theater. Uh, it is still playing and over this thanksgiving weekend it was like the third most attended movie hmm. like of the weekend like it beat out ghostbusters one day it beat out uh all the other things that and french dispatch have kind of just been hmm. non-stop uh yeah competitors and they've they don't seem to run out of steam in charlottesville i might i'll, uh, I'll probably see one of those over Christmas break. I don't know when, but I'm sure I'll go see a movie at some point. I assume it will be Spider-Man. Yeah, I no will obviously home. be seeing Spider-Man. Oh, boy. Oh, the second trailer. Wow, we got to talk about that, too. I didn't see it. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, jeez. What have you been doing? All right. Talk about Dune. Wait, let's talk about Dune. So I started yeah, listening to Dune. Dune, the audiobook. I okay. got about six hours in. It's 20 hours okay. long. Yep. And... This has nothing to do with the movie, but I have to mention it because I don't know where else I will. But the audiobook is a full cast audiobook, which is not my preferred method. I prefer just to have a single narrator do all the voices. Sure. Um, but what's even more frustrating than that is that then, like after four hours in, it cuts to mm-hmm. a chapter. And in this chapter, they just don't do the the full cast. They just switch to just the narrator doing all the voices. And it's like interesting. Like what? You run out of money? What happened? Like, <laughs> and it, it's it's like extra jarring just because like, well, at this point, I'm actually used to all the different voices, and now this <laughs> one guy's doing like his own version of all those voices, but it's not the same. So I don't know who anyone is just by hearing it, him talk. And so it sounds like you were asking for something in your head, and then they gave it to you, and you didn't want it anymore. Is what well, I'm I hearing. just you know, if you're gonna do the full cast, commit to it. Don't give me half of it. Uh, so what were you, what what were your thoughts? So like, my thoughts on the audiobook was like, this is pretty dry. When is this going to get good? Because yeah. basically, six hours into the audiobook, it's world building. Like there's so much yeah, world building. Well, and the, none of the uh, 
betrayal stuff happens. Also, the Harkonnens, yeah. six hours into the book, they've only been mentioned in passing. Like, we know they were on the planet. We're getting to the yeah. planet now. So, like, the where the I've gotten to in the book ends with him catching the, like, the poison thing, the flying poison oh, thing. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Um, and that's... And, and this first movie is only half. Yeah. Of, it's of 10 Doom. hours of the audiobook. Yeah, but, like... All the big cool stuff that happens in this, like you're seeing a lot of Harkonnens, you're seeing like that there's this plotting going on. You're not seeing any of that in as far as I am into Dune. So yeah. like now that I've seen the movie, it makes me want to go back and finish the audiobook, though that probably won't happen for another two weeks. <laughs> but I might I might start it again after that because like now I know that at least something's coming. But it's just like it was yeah. just like people walking around and talking and world building and stuff, which I, I, I can have patience for. Like I've listened to, I've listened to five books of the wheel of time series, which is now a TV show that I haven't seen any of, but, uh, my friend was just raving about that. Yeah. But I, I, I listened also, to five books of that. That's a lot of world building, but they also have other yeah. stuff happening too. Like they intersperse it with action. So you're, you stay engaged. Dune has yeah. chosen not to do that. <laughs> it's cho chosen to front load all the world building. Yes. No action. But the movie didn't do that. The movie did a much better job of keeping yep. you engaged. And it is absolutely gorgeous. And yes. it's a sci-fi world. Imagine if you watched it in a theater. Yeah, I know. Especially because <laughs> the audio. Though I do have a decent audio setup now. Um, what, you have a sound bar? No, I just have like nice speakers and like a subwoofer. And okay. Well, it, the, the noise was pretty good. Oh, the visual the, the audio uh, it's insane on my end was bad but like the cinematography I, everything was great it was just that i have a small tv yeah i, I basically like it michael on the scott biggest screen possible it, yeah no that's what you sound like yeah. like you're just standing <laughs> on in, in the corner looking at your your tv it's i watched it on our biggest screen and then my friends wanted to see it uh and then i watched it on our smaller screen at the theater our biggest one is like has the sound quality of an IMAX theater, but like the screen itself is a couple feet off to qualify as an IMAX, IMAX screen. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, but visually like you, it's the a few feet. I don't think it's going to make much no. of a difference. Um, and Denny Villeneuve is my favorite director mm -hmm. of all time. And I was waiting just for his next movie, whatever it was going to be. And then all these Dune fans come out of the woodwork and they're like, Dune. I'm like, I've never even read. I don't know anything about Dune. Yeah. I've not watched the David Lynch version. And then I watched this and I was like, that was amazing. I love Dune, but I mostly love Denny Villeneuve. And then I watched the David Lynch Dune that night because I wanted more content. And boy, is that way worse. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, notorious flop. <laughs> I, I, Alex, friend of the show, my best friend since first grade, uh, is he was like always, and I think he grew up with it, but he was always a defender of the David Lynch. Really? Game. Yes. Huh. He gave it four out of five stars. Though, though he also kind of likes, uh, I don't know, like obscure outsider, like niche, like, I don't know, like, like yeah. the style, the ridiculous stylization of that, I yeah. think is the kind of thing that would have appealed to him. Like, in it's think strange campy yeah. awkwardness. I I would enjoy it more if I grew up with it, for sure, cuz I think the source material is very rich for storytelling. But that movie did not hold up and I don't think it was very good when it came out in general. Yeah. Uh this one is much better. And I also David Lynch is one of my least favorite directors, so 
Yeah. You tell me. I like Blue Velvet, but I, do I don't know what other David Lynch I like. It's and that one I like because it feels like an unsettling fever dream. Like, I don't think he mm-hmm. captures... Um, his movies don't feel like reality in any way. They feel like yeah. weird characters, and it feels very, like, theatrical, and like it's a play or something. Yep. Oh, I also watched uh, Eraserhead, which was... Oh, what did you think? It's upsetting. It is unpleasant. Yeah. It is creepy. <laughs> it is... Uh, which is well, all things it's aiming to be, so it's hard to knock yeah. it. It's like, you know, you did it. This is a very yeah. unpleasant viewing experience, as you intended. For sure. <laughs> Um, I also just watched, uh, I, I mean, I watched so many things now that I have movie pass essentially again. It's really great. Yeah. Um, uh, I watched power of the dog, which if you remember in college, Jane Campion, uh, directed the piano, which we had to watch for our film class with a Mr. Goffrin, um, which is Helen Hunter, Holly Hunter, whatever that actress is. Who's like the deaf girl, uh, not deaf. Is she mute? She's mute. And she, like, teaches that guy how to play piano on the island. Remember that? I'm trying to remember. I'm not really remembering this. Oh. We watched it together at my apartment. The piano. For class. I'm looking it up um, now. Continue and all. Uh, so I watched uh, Power of the Dog, which is her latest. It's on Netflix. It is Benedict Cumberbatch playing a cowboy. Uh, so if you think he has a really solid American accent, then I highly recommend this movie. Um, overall it was kind of boring. I didn't like the piano and I went into this thinking I might like it more. It was fine. I just thought it was kind of bland. But then after that, I did a double feature and I watched The Humans, which I highly recommend, uh, especially if you're a fan of Uncut Gems and the way that movie makes you cringe into a raisin, as Jordan would say. Okay, so I don't love cringing into a raisin. But if it's in a theater, but, I like it more. It's yeah, something I don't so, like when I'm watching a movie at home, but I don't mind it when the, I'm watching a movie at a. <laughs> so this is like Uncut Gems is to gambling addicts as this movie is to attending Thanksgiving with your family. Oh, God. It is like an atmospheric family drama, but it's it's an A24 movie, so it's shot like a horror movie. God. And this... This girl moves to New York in this really shitty apartment, and basically her family comes to town, and they all just unearth their, like, they have a beer, and then they're, they're so passive-aggressive. The dialogue is incredible. Like, I, I definitely cringed the entire time. It was, it was awesome. 10 out of 10 theater experience. Interesting. Uh, but uh, it's on Showtime, um, which I have on Hulu, and I am also going to recommend, do you have my Hulu account? No, I have Ellie's Hulu account. <laughs> okay. Well, she has. Uh, she can get Showtime for 99 cents oh. uh, a month while Dexter is out. Dexter New Blood, your favorite show is back. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to watch something that is arguably as good as Mad Men, there's a new Dexter season out, which is really great. Highly recommend that. Uh, the Humans is on Showtime on Hulu. Uh, and also, Pig, the Nicolas Cage movie, is on Hulu. I highly Ooh, recommend you watch that. That I do that is watch. fantastic. That is stellar. It's only 90 minutes. It's it's great. It's one of my favorite films of 2021 so far. Um, and then I also watched Spencer, King Richard, and, yeah, Power of the Dog. Like, I don't know. These just seem like kind of cookie-cutter 
Oscar bait movies. Yeah. So I think the Oscars are going to be kind of lame this year. Not that they were bad. It was just kind of like meh. Wait, so what What were those? Spencer? I watched Spencer, which is the Princess Die movie. Oh, eh. Yeah, I don't really care. And uh, King Richard is Will Smith is Venus and Serena Williams' father. Oh, yes. No, I... Uh, yeah, that one, I, watched... I, I don't know. It's interesting that they titled it that. that just because yeah, it's I'm... the story about like two of the most prominent female athletes... And they're like, it's, let's name it after a man. And it's their dad. <laughs> well, it's more about his style and raising his five daughters huh. kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like but, I just don't like Will Smith anymore. Yeah. No, that was kind of the vibe I had the entire movie. Like, I, I, just, I feel like I haven't liked him since, I don't know, Pursuit of Happiness. I, Robot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I thought it's two and a half hours also. Like, why is it that long? God. Yeah. It's so long. Um, so really, the sleeper hits have been really great this year. And then the non-sleeper hits have been kind of a snooze, is what I'm finding out. Although Dune, I wouldn't really consider a sleeper hit. That's definitely more mainstream. But that was fantastic. What is the reaction broadly to Dune? Like, are people... I, I didn't look up reviews of it or anything. Oh, it's critically well, well received. They already got the green light for the sequel the weekend after it aired in America. Um, or the weekday. Monday after the opening weekend, they'd already got the green light for the sequel. While simultaneously streaming... On HBO Max. So at the theater, like, all these HBO Max movies, like Suicide Squad and uh, King Richard is one of them. Just there's been a whole bunch, like, simultaneously going into theaters as well as streaming at home. And that has not been great for movie theater business. Yeah. Dune, however, every, it's been out for over a month. And people are still coming to see it on the big screen, which really gave me hope for... The future of not only my job but movie theaters everywhere yeah well and i'm sure spider-man will but Sp yeah spider-man eternals people. eternals only lasted three weeks with us yeah which people weren't crazy I, about that i know it's huh i mean we did a whole episode explaining why it was amazing that's kind of what we did <laughs> <laughs> but i i just don't get how people maybe maybe we don't have a big enough reach maybe our eight million fans isn't enough Oh, here's something. Did you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? I didn't. Oh, I did watch Rob Thomas. He was great. I watched the whole thing, and oh. I kind of hate it. I hate the parade. Okay. It is just <laughs> commercials. It's just like brand yeah. worship. It's, yes. it's it's so excessive. Like yeah. the 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 fact that, that they've they've managed to convince people that this this is a tra tradition to watch a giant 90-minute ad that's interrupted by other ads is, is kind of <laughs> crazy to me. It's usually just on in the background at my whenever my family does Thanksgiving. Yeah. But also, I mean, uh, I can't believe you weren't watching Hawkeye or The Beatles. In, instead, you watched all of the Macy's Thanksgiving. Again, I, I didn't bring my TV with your login info in it. <laughs> <laughs> so that is... It sounds like you know what to do next time you go anywhere. Yeah. TV and always travel with your TV. Um, should we talk about Hawkeye or do you want to talk more? about this? this <laughs> Let's TV talk show. about Hawkeye. Oh God. I, Hey, I can't help it. It's been, it's been three weeks since we last spoke and there's just been so much content that has hit us all at once. 
Uh, that and you finally watched Dune, which could have been an entire podcast when I watched that six weeks ago. I know. Um, I, I, I mean, right. it's, I've got a lot to say about it, but we just it's, we don't have great. time. Yeah, I, I understand. You liked it, though, is, is your oh, overall. Oh, yeah, absolutely I liked it. And, like. Yeah. Did you like it more than Blade Runner 2049? I would say I felt similarly about it. Like, I think okay. I think that's more of a cohesive story. The only reason I would knock Dune is that it felt it very much felt like the first half of something. It is part but, one. I mean, that's, yeah. it's hard to hold that against it until you see part two. And then it's just like exactly. it'll, it'll probably redeem itself. If I've if the first one is anything to go on, it'll be it'll resolve in a way that's very satisfying. It's like saying Infinity War is not good because we don't have Endgame. Exactly. That, that would be War folly. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if Marvel just like, well, one, we've mentioned like, what if the pandemic happened pre-Endgame and that just got pushed back two years? Yeah. And two, what if they just decided to end Marvel with Infinity War? Like, obviously, they would lose a lot of money. But what do you think that would say as an art statement? I mean, I'd be very impressed by it. I'd be more impressed <laughs> that there are people willing to leave a billion dollars on the table. Yeah, <laughs> but walking away from that much money is quite a bit. Um, all right, let's talk about Hawkeye. Let's do it. Twist my arm, Jordan. <laughs> uh, I think so far this has potential for me to like it more than Falcon Winter Soldier. Um. But I do think, though, this will be a more cohesive story and they won't have that side plot with uh, Carly trying to kill half of humanity with a virus uh, yeah. that was removed. Um, this will seem more cohesive. But I got to say, I am far more interested in Sam and Bucky as characters than I am in Hawkeye. Although this comic is re regarded as one of the greatest mar modern Marvel comics, hmm. um, which... I get. I like the story so far, and I think it's Kate Bishop is interesting, and I like the old man Hawkeye angle. He's just old. He has a hearing aid, and he's way past his prime. Um, so uh, I'm gonna give this. I'm looking at the ranking right now. The re-rank. Uh, I gave Falcon Winter Soldier five point two five. So I'm just gonna do what I always do, and we're only doing two Hawkeye episodes. Yeah. So we, we need to way, give fans. away. We have three spots. Three spots, and then the next one we will do a wrap at the last episode, which I guess is December, late December, like right after Christmas. And then uh, we'll have the Christmas episode before then. But yes, uh, so three three Avengers. I'm just going to give it three. I'm going to do what I always do, first, uh, top load the first half, and then I will make my final review afterward. So three Avengers here. Kate Bishop is there. Uh, Hawkeye is at the table, and I'll give it to uh, Swordsman, one of my favorite villains from Better Call Saul, uh, and his name is slipping my, my brain right now. Um, Wait, is this what the mustachioed man? He yeah, is Swordsman? yeah, yeah. Yes, he is Swordsman, who is an Avenger, I believe, in the comics. An Avenger? He's a good he's guy? A villain. I think he's a good guy. Huh. Um, is he? What's his name in that? Is it like Laszlo or something? Lalo, Lalo in Better Call Saul. Yeah, makes more sense. Lalo Salamanca. Yes, he's one of my favorite television villains of all time. Um, so good. So good. I love this actor. I'm glad they casted him. I'm curious to see what his future holds for the MCU. Maybe he can hang out with the other sword dudes, Black Knight and Blade. How fun would that yeah, be? Yeah, a lot of swords coming to the a MCU. A lot of swords in the past month. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, November is the month of the sword. Um, all right, so, uh, yep, three is mine, uh, and let's uh, dive right into the opening sequence, which I loved because they're talking about Marvel that has already happened. I love that it opens with the Battle of New York, and you actually, they, like, almost recreated shot for shot, like, Hawkeye fighting the Chitari. And, like, that is a scene in Avengers 1, yeah. but it's from a different angle, which I thought was very cool to do. And just get a perspective, like, oh, there were so many other people in New York viewing this as it happened. It reminded um, me of um, the scene in WandaVision where we go back and experience someone dealing with the snap return in real time. Yes, Yes. It's like that. Yeah. It's like, well, well, let's go back and view this big thing that you saw in the theater, but from a smaller angle. And I love that. Yeah, I think I that's a solid that they thing have, to do. They have this rich universe and they just keep like it's so vast that they can refer to stuff that already happened from other people's perspectives. And it totally makes sense, too, because these are huge world events that, of course, you're going to have a million people paying attention. I to. think it also helps to make the world feel a little bit lived in. Because yes, like this yes, girl definitely. was a child in the in the first big Avengers movie, and now she's yeah. like an adult. I mean, an adult. Yeah. In quotes, kind of. It but shows how much time has yeah. passed. And also, uh, they've confirmed that Hawkeye takes place in 2025. So it is the furthest. Though we don't have an exact date on Eternals, I don't think. Um, Hawkeye takes place in 2025. Far From Home was the farthest, which took place in summer 2024. Mm -hmm. And this is Christmas 2025. So we're slowly catching up to the Marvel timeline in real life. Um, but they do the Battle of New York. Um, Kate Bishop is a child, uh, and her father is killed in the Battle of New York. And then they escape. Um, and then... And her dad looks we... like... The swordsman guy, a little bit. Yeah, I thought her that's mother definitely has a type. Yeah, exactly. They like like. Have you ever watched Big Mouth? Did you watch that or, at all? Yeah, I've watched. Well, he's all got of like it. Coach Steve hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you watched the new season of Big Mouth? Are you all cut? I up? did. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! That's good background TV when you're doing something yeah. and you just want like like some new American Dad, basically. <laughs> oh, it is. It totally is. But New American Dad for me is stuff that I pay undivided attention to. <laughs> <laughs> there is no background about yeah. it. Um, it did have some really solid jokes. It's a good season. I like Big Mouth. It's great. It's great. Great show. High quality. Um, did What did you think of the intro credit sequence, which uh, basically uses the same comic font and uh, images from the actual comic book? Oh, I did. Well, I didn't realize you, that was what was happening. I thought it was a cool intro sequence, though. I think it's essentially just... I mean, they definitely use the font. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of an homage to that storyline. Which uh, is basically... The premise of that comic is Clint Barton is self-aware. He's divorced in the comic. Uh, but he's just like, I can't believe I'm hanging out with the Avengers. They're all doing bigger and better things and i'm using a bow and arrow like i'm such a loser mm -hmm. kind of deal so it's kind of like a uh, logan uh but with a bit more of a comedic element to mm -hmm. it um and then we immediately cut to new york hawkeye is hanging out with his kids two christmases after the events of the uh, the blip i suppose 
Um, I think it's interesting that within the uh, universe, it seems that the standout hero is Steve Rogers. At least that's like the musicals Uh, about him. Like, so maybe he's just like the least complicated hero. Because if you lived in the Marvel world, I feel like Tony Stark would be a bit of a mixed bag. Even though I would say that he was, if there was to be a single protagonist of Marvel, it would have been Tony more than Steve, to my mind. I I think that's mostly just because he got the first movie and they wanted to full circle it kind of to the beginning. But over, like... And Iron Man was even constantly, like, acknowledging Steve as the head of the Avengers. And even when Infinity War happened, Civil War happened, like, and Iron Man was in charge. Like, he didn't really want to do it. It was always Steve. And Steve has just a richer story for a musical as well. Well, and I'd assume that being Captain America, Americans would also be gravitated to him as, like, a symbol or whatever. So. Yeah. If you're making a musical, like, what's the one that's going to sell the most seats? Because they obviously, in Far From Home, they had Heart of Iron, the Tony Stark story, which was a documentary, which I would love to watch in <laughs> real life. Uh, but then, yeah, Captain America, of course he gets a musical. He he danced in a musical number in his very first movie. Like, that's true. It's clearly him. It's clearly he him. He was built for theater. Yes. The man that time forgot. Um, and I thought just already, like I was so enamored with the show with the 2012 flashback, but Hawkeye goes to the bathroom and sees Thanos was right graffiti on the toilet and looks so demoralized. Just imagine how hard you work to save the world. And there's still an ungrateful handful of people who are just like, ah, it was so much better before you did all this hard work to bring everyone back and lost a whole bunch of people in the process. I mean, I bet that's how people that develop the vaccine feel. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, cool, so they're just going to not do it. That's nice, (laughs) I guess. Huh. Just imagine that. And I bet, honestly, that Venn diagram is the same. absolutely, yeah. That's all, oh, just those anti-vaxxer Thanos supporters. The worst. Um, That's... God, but yeah, just to see, like, I yeah, I guess I just never follow or watch a camera following around a scientist who worked really hard on the vaccine. But I think that if you made, like, a documentary or an Oscar award-winning movie about that, you can't really release it now because a whole bunch of people haven't realized how, you know, effective vaccines are in the grand scheme of things, yeah. despite having a hundred years to, you know, learn that. Uh, I think that would be, like, very compelling way because i i immediately sympathize with clint barton and want this graffiti fucker to get punished for his slander against the avengers yeah, he's being a real stinker especially to do it at a at where you know the rogers yeah. <laughs> uh oh yeah uh shows playing do you th- what do you think about that like do you think that kid was just like so like first of all he's probably like a teenager yeah. like what he's dragged there because there's aren't like not a lot of middle america's goes to broadway in new york i I could see myself as a 14 year old angsty person who's like i everyone stinks except for me thanos was right but really i'm just trying to get a reaction because i'm a 14 year old stinker i really want to know the story behind the person who wrote and honestly like 10 years from now we find out it was deadpool or something (laughs) (laughs) uh but i think that's such a 
compelling plot point. And also, like, he sees Nat, and that triggers an emotional response. Like, he's still mourning the loss of his best friend two years later. Um, he wishes it was him. He didn't get to watch her movie uh, this year that made us wish we got that movie eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, he also has a hearing aid. He is dealing with the ravages of aging. Um, He's also dealing with being recognized. I feel like that's a big thing for him that he does not really yeah. like. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's and it's also funny, like, too, in, in Endgame, like, uh, when Hulk is taking the photo with those kids and Ant-Man's like, you want a picture with Ant-Man? They're like, who's Ant-Man? Like, that is the same premise, but it's so much funnier. Yeah. And here they're kind of treating it like a serious thing, mm-hmm. which I found interesting. Um, so Kate Bishop, uh, or Hawkeye's hanging out with his kids, and then he sees the news about, sh- uh, yeah, she steals the Ronin outfit, correct? Yeah. Am I skipping something? Because uh, she's at the black market auction, and they're apparently auctioning off remains from the Avengers they're just, compound. It, yeah, they're just supposed to be like sleazy secret auction, like, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of like... Oh yeah, we're gonna take down the sleazy rich people with their fancy auctions, and I I don't know, yeah. like it, it's like trying to be, I don't I don't even know what it's trying to say. Just like that, there's a weird, illicit black market for fancy things that rich people have. It does kind of, I mean, I mean, I feel like it ties back into Michael Keaton and Spider-Man: Homecoming, like just stealing all that equipment and kind of selling it to those kind of people, mm-hmm. um, from the. Battle of New York kind of Yeah, deal. but then it blows up, so she puts on the costume so she can help stop the people that are there to steal whatever they're trying to mm-hmm. steal with their explosion. What are they? They're trying to steal a key? Or a what? clock what or a they? watch. A watch. A watch, yes. But I, I don't and think we don't, understand that yet. Like, I, I didn't get anything from I the episodes. I don't that, think they have. Yeah, I don't think they've mentioned what Maybe the, watch the swordsman has the watch or something. Yeah. It's that's completely possible. Um, and she attempts to cover the watch among other items, and then that dog intervenes as well, mm-hmm. which who is a popular character in the comic. And one uh chapter of the comic book is told from the dog's perspective, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Um, and in the comic, the villains are the tracksuit Draculas, and they all say bro a lot. Yeah, I noticed that. That is a key Which component. Which I feel to the comic. like maybe would be funnier in a comic book. I, I don't find I mean, it particularly I think it works here. funny here. I I think I just like grin like ha ha. I know the source material yeah. uh, more than and like laugh at it actually being. I a do joke. think it's like amusingly ridiculous to have them be the bad guys, but I don't find it like funny per se. And, they also seem like kind of incompetent too, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Except for that person we saw at the end of season, uh, episode two. Yes, Echo, which is very funny or fun that we get Echo this soon in, which I love. Mm. Um, have I? I've mentioned Echo to you, I think, right? I think so. Yes. You, okay, Echo is the Native American girl who, I think, kind of like uh, Taskmaster, muscle memory uh, is her main power. Mm-hmm. I believe, um, and I didn't think we'd get her this early in the show run, but her parents were murdered by Kingpin, and also Vincent D'Onofrio from the hit Netflix show Daredevil that you love, uh, tweeted the 
first episode or trailer, whatever, link to this Hawkeye show. And he said, I love these Marvel shows. That motherfucker's <laughs> in it, and I know it. Um, so I can't wait to see him in it. And I know we're going to get, uh, or I'm hoping, 99% sure we're getting Charlie Cox in Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. So I think your, your dream of the Daredevil show revival is finally going to come true. Wow. That's so exciting I know. for me. <laughs> Great things come to those who yeah. wait. Uh, and so she she gets the Ronin costume, and then Hawkeye sees her on the news, and then shows up and is like, "Why are you wearing that suit?" And obviously, he still feels remorse for murdering people. Well, what can you um, do with the Ronin sword? Oh, that's another key point. Um, swordsman stole the Ronin sword yeah. at the auction. That that's pretty big, so I bet that's probably what he's going to use as his sword. Yeah, um, trying to think of other interesting things from the episode one. I mean, there's the part where she destroys the bell tower, but oh yeah, well that's just kind of like exposition. Yeah. Just who is this character? She's slightly she she's a rule she's breaker, a but she's also rich. Yes, she's rich. She's an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Um. Who just I wonder if those skills like will Hawkeye. end up coming in handy. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> uh, it's also kind of just cool to see someone who like totally worships Hawkeye, like in the grand scheme of things. And I think that will be, play a big part overall, especially in a show where Hawkeye's like not being noticed and nobody likes mm-hmm. him kind of deal. Um, comparatively to the rest of the adventures. Also, too, like that just really drives home the point of like Clint being so sad, like his big moment was to sacrifice himself for the world to save everyone. And, uh, Natasha totally did it. Like black widow stole his thunder and he didn't want it to be her. So he's like, obviously lamenting that, but even two years later, like he's living with that. And it's kind of interesting. Like, I wonder if it doesn't look like he's shown that to his kids, but it's kind of seems like he's a total, sad bastard and without his family like without them like being back he totally like would have nothing to live for yeah which is except for larping larping yes in episode two what do you think about that sequence i know we're skipping ahead but let's just we are there's no rules i feel like you have something to say about it if you're skipping ahead i don't know i'm finding would you not larp i i well that's not just how larping works like i don't know they're not giving (laughs) you a fancy weird leather scroll with what your job is i have you larped before no but i imagine you it's a lot more to do with like you have to prep this stuff i don't think people are handing out assignments to you and giving you shields i also don't know about the rule where if you get hit on the chest you're out like that's just like the show needed some convenient way. I'm pretty sure it's got like closer to D and D rules. I th- I think you can do it more. I mean, you can't have everyone just going in. With I don't know much about their own thing, rules, but it's just it was a. Is <laughs> I feel like there is, there has to be someone masterminding it. Otherwise, you get that one kid. Remember, like that ten year old kid at recess who'd be like, "I have all the powers." Yeah. Well, or you just be like. And then I use my fireball, and he's like, I have an anti-fireball shield. And it's like, yeah, okay, exactly. well, I wish I'd known about that before I cast my fireball. <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the LARP sequence also is just for within the context of the show, like just Hawkeye being like, 
the world is so ridiculous, like, and I'm the only one who lived through the series of events of Avengers Endgame, and everyone's just kind of going on as if nothing's different. Like, especially, too, in other shows, like, clearly there's a lot of drastic changes, and everyone's, like, adapting to the blip happening. But in this show, it seems like pretty much everyone has moved on, and maybe that's because it's farther set in the future. But it is interesting to, to see, like... I mean, Clint lived through the craziest, the universal battle, like defeating Thanos, and then everyone's just kind of like going to musicals yeah. and LARPing, and everything's like, eh, it's, it's not, life's not that serious. It can be fun, hmm. um, which I think is another fun angle to put on the show. Um, so, uh, also at the end of episode one, Armand has been murdered. Yes, um, in, by a sword. In his home. Yes, I wonder, which is why maybe Swordsman will be a villain in this universe. But kind I also of like feel like passive. they're doing a little flipperoo. Like, because he, he, he's oh, coming think? off so evil. I'm not saying he's not yeah. evil, but I could see them just being like, they're setting him up to be like a foil for her. But they could be doing that in not a villain way, just as like a, I don't know. Like, it's like a comment on stepdads or whatever. Like, her view of yeah. him as antagonistic doesn't mean he's actually antagonistic. It's just... Yeah. So I could I could see this being like be... a MacGuffin. Yeah. I would believe that, especially since he is a member of the Avengers in some comic iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they also made Taskmaster kind of a good guy in Black Widow. So they're kind of playing loose and free with the, the rules with building their own universe right. here. Um, which is fine. Uh, and then the Barton shows, Clint shows up, um, as she is fighting the tracksuit mafia and she's like pretty talented at fighting. I, or this, the mafia is just like very incompetent, which I could also see. Um, and then episode two unless you have any other things to comment on episode no one. i thought episode one was kind of i don't know i was a little underwhelmed with episode one i thought episode two was more interesting but also it happens during christmas which is your favorite thing for marvel properties to do yeah i, I don't know it, i like it but it hasn't been as inspired with its use of christmas as uh i don't know like because i think uh, as iron man iron 3, man 3 <laughs> uses like the melancholy of christmas I mean, this is pretty... I've just explained several reasons why this is melancholic. That's true. But it's also been quite silly so far. It has. But Clint is serious. Like, there's a lot of serious stuff happening. And Clint is seeing all that. And then everyone else is just seeing the silly stuff. And I feel like Kate Bishop is definitely going to be, like, a... Kind of, like, one of the funnier, like, silly adventures. Kind of like... I bet she and Spider-Man will have a lot of fun quips. She has not been cracking me up, really. Like... Okay. I I mean I recognize when she's telling jokes, but uh-huh. I have not found the delivery to be super satisfying. <laughs> Is it possible that Disney and Marvel made this character for a demographic that you do not fit yeah. in? It is very it is very possible. <laughs> they might not have been naming this one with the twenty eight year old twenty eight year old white male. students. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's She Hulk. She Hulk is your show, baby. Because She-Hulk is a lawyer. But, I don't know, I, I, like, um, I find her endearing, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, I think, uh, I like, I like their dynamic so far, I'm, I'm pretty entertained. Um, 
Also, brief sidebar, we are going to do a Christmas episode in a couple weeks uh, after your finals. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever guests we have on, I guess we could just talk about the middle two episodes of Hawkeye then. Because we're also going to get a... And then do also the Christmas episode stuff at the same time. Uh, because next Christmas, we're going to be getting a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. So I'm thinking these Christmas specials will be able to have themes for the rest of time. It seems like it. <laughs> so uh, why don't we just plan on doing... Yeah. I uh, We'll do the Hawkeye Part 2 slash Christmas special, and I'll get a special guest for Make us. sure they're a Beatles fan, because I'm sure we will be talking about Get Back as well. Okay. I will make sure they have a strong opinion about the Beatles one way or yeah. another. Um, but yeah, that's some fun stuff to look forward to. And then I foolishly, when I mapped out, uh, when we're doing the know it does and our hundredth episode spectacular, where I interview a hundred people, Marvel questions, uh, I left out Spider-Man no way home, which is honestly a pretty big yeah. one <laughs> as far as content goes. So I will have to rush to do the hundredth episode before we do the know it does toward the end of January. So I guess I will have some downtime between Christmas and end of January, Mm. which is fine. But that's some fun content to look forward to, kids. Let's talk about episode two. Um, uh, It starts with immediately like the tracksuit mafia. Is that correct? I believe so. You just watched it today. I just watched it just now. (laughs) But but also, the delineation wasn't very clear because I went from one straight to the other. Um, yeah. Um, and then they, they, so they go to her apartment. She has like the random apartment. Right. And in then she New fangirls then, over him. But yeah. And then the mafia shows up and Clint, I like Clint's attitude. He's like, uh, why are you so happy all the time? Life is shitty. And then he like tends to his wounds. And then the tracksuit mafia throws the Molotov cocktail into the apartment. And I really like when he broke the window, caught it, and threw it yeah, back. Yeah, no, that's very That cool. was really cool. So he's cool. a master of trajectories. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that Hawkeye. Um, and then uh, after relocating to the apartment of Bishop's vacationing aunt, Barton sends his children home. And we also get uh, Linda Tortellini is in this episode. Hawkeye's wife. Yep, She's great. Yeah. Um, and I was curious, like, if they were going to split up or something, because the Hawkeye, he's clearly divorced mm-hmm. um, and just kind of mopey. I don't sad think they want to do that. I think people like the family they enough not. that they're, Disney's like, yeah, that, that would bum and, people out. So we're just going to not. Yeah. And one, you get like the Christmas angle, like episode six, he's most likely going to make it home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll uh, be dressed up or, like Santa? Maybe. That's what I would yeah. do if I was Hawkeye. Or do you, do you think there's a chance that he dies at the end of this? Hmm. And then, like, hands the mantle down to Kate Bishop as the new Or Hawkeye. maybe they do a Tim Allen Santa Claus, and he just, he, he accidentally <laughs> shoots Santa Claus with an arrow. And so and then he okay. puts on the jacket and becomes Santa Claus. And he can only come back. And then we tie in a little yeah, Pirates yeah, of the Caribbean exactly. yeah, lore. Yeah, Will Turner. And he can only come back once a year on Christmas to help the Avengers fight. Yeah, that sounds but good. But he has to wear I hope that's the direction they <laughs> took this in. <laughs> he has to wear the Santa costume whenever he helps the mm-hmm. Avengers. And now, like, whenever he's doing his cool archery stunts, he's also got a, a big belly full of jelly that's bouncing around. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's, I mean, everyone loves There's, Fat Thor. Yeah. I think this is, I think all the Avengers should come back and be fat. 
the fat Avengers. That that's like <laughs> that fat. feels that feels like something from Idiocracy. Yeah, the fat Avengers spinoff. Like, I mean, how how long do you think Marvel will go on before we get to stuff like the fat? Avengers? I hope a billion years. <laughs> I, I mean, it doesn't have to be a movie, yeah. but like, think maybe a TV show. Or just like even a joke leak, even a WandaVision episode, like something like that, where you get the fat Avengers. Hmm. I could see it happening in like Thor blood and thunder, Ten. like calling back to yeah, the, that he true. was fat Thor, like someone being like, what yeah. if all of them were fat? And then it's the fat Avengers. Well, because they're already doing the Matt Damon uh, and all those people like they're doing, they're recreating the play that they did in Thor Ragnarok right. in Thor, Love, and Thunder, and you're getting all those actors back. And then I think Melissa McCarthy is also involved somehow hmm. in that play. She could be um, fat uh, Black Widow. Yeah, that's possible. I, I Although, I in that one, they just talk about the story of Thor, so I guess they could talk about Endgame here. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's... Oh boy. This summer, we get Doctor Strange 2 and Thor, Love, and Thunder within two months of each other. Has there been a better back-to-back combo of Marvel films, like it w- that close together. When's the last time that happened? Well, I mean, we don't know they're good yet. I suspect they will be, but we don't know. But, I mean, the hype train, though, like, aren't you excited for both of those more so than the other ones? Yeah. Other than Spider-Man, no, I, obviously. I, I like, am the past- intrigued by both, because just, like, it's been so long since we got... Like, Doctor Strange has been doing supporting stuff ever since his... Yeah. His, his, his one movie in 2016, yeah. six years ago. Yeah. And plus we get we get uh, uh, Scarlet Witch is going to be a main character in Doctor Strange 2, our WandaVision mm-hmm. girl. That's going to be fun. Maybe they'll talk about WandaVision. What else do we need to talk about in episode two? Um, the LARPing, which we briefly mentioned. That was, that was which pretty I think, funny. Uh, I, I like the scene of him fighting in slow-mo through the crowd. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty entertaining. It is also a place where he um, would be very strong, as they showed. Yeah. That'd be a good hobby yes. for him. Yeah. I And I think it's just also, it fits the theme of the ridiculousness. Uh, like, he's like, I really have to LARP right now. Like, I'm on an important mission, and I have to LARP. Like, this is insane. And all the rest of the world is just so jolly around him. It uh, Honestly, this seems almost more melancholic Christmas than Iron Man 3, because he, he's like, everyone is in the spirit of happiness and he's he he bah humbug like the whole time. Oh no. Obviously just, like it doesn't like, pertain to Christmas, but Yeah, I don't know. I guess the thing that I like about the Iron Man three Christmas feeling, it's like it feels like he's already kind of at a low point and then like being alone on Christmas is like the most melancholy you can be and like he, th- this point he's not there like if he ends up alone on christmas yeah. then you get back to that kind of vibe but yes also just like the world's Correct. closed down it's like everyone cares about something else and then you're just kind of out in the world that's what doctor yeah. that's what the doctor bah. iron man 3 felt <laughs> doctor like doctor hawkeye yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um oh and then also uh kate bishop challenges duquesne to the fencing yeah. duel to kind of subtly hint that he could be a swordsman of some kind. Because she is a uh, state champion or whatever. I don't think she's an Olympian in that, but 
No. I mean, she might be. She's an Olympian in most facets. Yeah, but she's undone by him. Well, she technically wins, but it's only because he's letting her win. Yes, correct. Um, fencing duel, and then she tries to contact Clint, um, but he gets captured by the tracksuit mafia. But he mafia, intended to get captured because he, he was he doing had, a Rorschach. Yes. Like, I'm not in yes. here with you, you're in here with me, and then she falls through yeah. the ceiling. And it's like, okay, yeah. no, we're in here with you because I can't defend her and kick your butt because you have guns. Yeah. I And I liked the, uh, I can see through the bag, guys, like that kind of, just like the ridiculousness of the situation, yeah. the self-awareness. Uh, and then, yeah, that ends. Um, the boss of the tracksuit mafia is Maya Lopez, who... Uh, Maya Lopez is Echo right. in Marvel Comics, um, which is interesting because I'm curious now what her motivation is. Uh, oh, she also becomes Ronan in the New Avengers comics. That's we also established, though, when he was putting his kids up, his his son did like sign language to him and then he signed language back. Yes. They're like, we need yes. him to know sign language when we, we need you to know that he knows sign language because this is about to be important. Well, that and he also is deaf. Uh, yeah. Is deaf, so that makes sense. Well, but he's not. He's he not so deaf that language. he couldn't. I mean, he might be learning because of that. But yeah, he. I think he's preparing for the inevitable. Because right. um, it seems like his hearing isn't getting better. Oddly enough. Well. Um, and then yeah, so Echo's in charge, and that's that is cool that like the deaf heroes are getting representation in two Marvel properties in the same month in 2021. That's yeah. exciting for the future um but yeah i think uh i guess that kind of wraps up episode one i'm glad we got echo this soon in the franchise i thought we she, we were just gonna like tease echo and then she would do stuff nope with she'll be a major player it seems yes and she's also um going to be in uh she's going to have her own show of which matt murdoch daredevil will theoretically have a huge role hmm um, but I don't think that show comes out till next year. So All right, so that. it's time for my review. I'm going to give this review. two out of three. Or okay. if we're doing... I, I guess we should do twos now since we're going to do a Christmas episode, a Hawkeye Christmas. All right, then I'll give it a 1.3. And then I will do two, and then I will cut Kate Bishop out because it's Hawkeye and Swordsman, and Kate Bishop still has to prove herself. <laughs> All right, I'll do 1.3, which um, is Wasp, and I'll do a full-size Ant-Man. Okay. Well, not a full-size Ant-Man, no, just human a regular-sized size Ant-Man. Ant a human-sized Ant-Man. Um, yeah, that's uh, that seems reasonable. What? Do you, where does this stack up against the rest of the Netflix shows, do you think, like this early on? Like the Disney Plus shows? Like those versus... Yes. I would say I think it's weaker than... So you had more fun with Falcon Winter Soldier the first two episodes. I can't remember this. the first two episodes specifically and separate them from the rest of them in my head but I, as a series i enjoyed that more than i enjoyed the, the first two episodes but this this i could okay. i could see this surpassing it like that's not like a it's not like this is miles below that i think those are comparable okay. and i think loki and wandavision are comparable but the, that's okay. like two tiers so you, this is not going to surpass loki or wandavision in your mind 
It would take it would take a like really good ending, and which is you know not impossible. It could happen, but I don't I don't expect yeah. it to happen. It very well could happen. I, but I'm willing to be am, pleasantly I'm, surprised. I'm here for it. I am. I'm here for it. I am wishing the best. Uh, so yeah, I guess that wraps it up for today. Uh, we talked a lot about Marvel in this in this 90 minute episode. Well, I guess it's only been 80 minutes. We can still talk about Marvel for 10 minutes. Well, I've been Jordan Peoples, and Marvel has sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I've been Cade Weiberg. Look forward to the Christmas episode coming to you when Jordan's done with finals. Bye. Marvel doesn't suck.